There are a lot of different names for coaches. We talked a little bit about that in episode 53 when we launched this series on coaching versus therapy. Today, we have a panel of guests, and we're going to launch a little deeper into the different titles for coaches and what exactly that means. We're also going to have a chance to learn directly from coaches about their backgrounds, what they offer, and how it might connect directly to you. Stick around. We've got this episode and one more after it in this three-part series to help you better understand coaching and therapy. Welcome to The Great Show where our focus is growth on purpose. I'm your host, Shauna Rodriguez, and I'm honored to be part of this community as we journey together with our grit intact to learn more about how to thrive and how to get the most out of life. It means a lot that you are here today. As you listen, I encourage you to think of who may appreciate the tidbits of knowledge we are sharing and to take a moment to pass this along to them. Everyone appreciates the friend that thinks of them, and these conversations are meant to be shared and to spark even more connections. It's exciting to have invited back four of our previous guests for today's conversation. We are totally shaking things up as we enter our second year of the podcast, and I'm glad you're here for it. To spend more time with our guests, I'm dividing the bios, and we'll share two at the start of this episode and the other two at the beginning of next week's episode. The full bios and links to previous episodes where you can spend more time with each of these guests is in the show notes. The first guest I'd like to reintroduce you to is Lynn Fan, whose expertise we became familiar with on episode 29. Lynn is the founder of Bonafide Life Coaching and a body acceptance coach. Growing up in a small Canadian town as a Chinese immigrant, Lynn experienced multiple layers of not enoughness and wanting to change everything about herself. It wasn't until she became a burlesque performer and was surrounded by people of all shapes, sizes, and ethnicity, she started to realize that she is enough as is. Now she's on a mission to help others liberate themselves from societal expectations and body shame so they can live their happiest and healthiest lives unapologetically. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me today, Shauna. I'm so glad you're here. We also have Eric Bauberger with us today. You may recall from one of our earliest episodes, number seven, lucky number seven. Eric is a holistic life coach and spiritual singer-songwriter who guides creatives on a journey to authentic freedom. Through music, movement, and breathwork, he helps individuals access their true selves. Through rewiring the mind, integrating emotions, and forming aligned habits, they are able to unlock their greatest potential. He does this through coaching, workshops, and conscious music. He's overcome obstacles like performance anxiety and fear through his time as a wrestler and started his lessons on the power of surrender and gratitude through the loss of his sister. Transitioning from a physical therapy technician to a mastery method life coach, he's gained awareness of the key restrictions and inspirations to our natural flow. He's found that following our passion leads to harmony and freedom. He works to co-create a world where conscious arts thrive and healing is accessible. Welcome, Eric. Thank you so much for having me again. It's wonderful to be here. Yay, I'm so glad you're able to make it. We also have this Jacqueline Embry, who we chatted with in episode 47 around boundaries and productive heart emotions and graced us with a guest episode for number 48. She's a certified life coach and host of Life in the Driver's Seat. You can see her full bio in either of those episodes. Welcome, Jacqueline. 
Thank you. Excited to be here. Yes. Our fourth guest is Will Halpin, whose episode on internal family systems is in the top five of the Grit Show's most listened to episodes. It is number 32. Statistically speaking, you've likely heard it, but if you haven't, you should probably check it out or get a refresh on it. He's a psychotherapist and public health social worker. You can find his full bio in episode 32. Welcome, Will. Thanks for having me back. Good to be here. Thanks. This conversation has a bit of groundwork already laid in the last episode, number 53. Oh, actually, that was two episodes ago, right? We had our anniversary episode of Drop Things. Coach versus therapist, laying the groundwork to figure out what's best for you, which is part one of this three-part series to explore the differences between coaching and therapy. In it, I laid out what prompted this conversation and gave the basics on my understanding of the training and background for therapists and clinicians to kind of save time from this conversation today. And I also kind of drew some basic definitions. So I put it as helpers being both coaches and therapists and kind of what brings us all together. And then outlined a little of what I was grouping together as therapists, and clinicians and referring to interchangeably as therapists and clinicians. So I also shared a little of my own experience with therapy and talked about EAPs, which are employee assistance programs and my experiences with that. So I just wanted to start our conversation. Was there anything from that conversation, if you guys listened to that, that needed some clarification or you guys wanted to kind of address or bring anything else into that? No, good groundwork. I like it. Well, then let's just like dive right into what we were hoping to kind of chat about today. So we have, like I said, three coaches today that kind of meet that definition. And we have one person that kind of meets the definition of therapist. And my former career kind of meets that too. So two of us meet that. But talking about coaches, and we'll start with that part. What do you think that you offer your clients that makes what you offer different than other helpers? What is unique about what you individually offer? Does somebody want to kind of address that? Eric, do you want to share with us? Yeah. You know, like you mentioned in my bio, there's this emphasis on the balance between our mind, our emotions, and our habits. So most people that I work with have a goal in mind, whether it be something for their physical health or whether it be within a relationship or, you know, they want to be a songwriter. And regardless of what that physical goal is, we always pull back the layers and look at what beliefs or limiting beliefs are at play that are keeping this person from fully embodying that goal now, as well as all of the emotions that are under the surface. So, most of the time that I spend with people is really focused on simply having people bring all of their awareness to the emotions that they feel and what they feel like as physical sensations in the body. And that does so much shifting internally that could either be moved into other areas or, you know, someone might have a certain memory that they have that they need to look at. But just by feeling the emotions... So much can shift for someone looking to change the way that they do things and become not who they aren't already, but step into that next version of themselves, so to speak. Yes. And you really specialize with working with artists is kind of your specialty that you do at this point in time then? Yes, that's where I've that's where I've shifted. Very exciting. So you definitely work with that. And then a lot of the body work with the feelings and the emotions and kind of moving into that next phase. Yeah, a lot of somatic feeling sensations and breathing into them and holding space for them. A lot of people benefit purely from that feeling component. 
Thank you. That makes a lot of sense. What about you, Jacqueline or Lynn? What do you guys feel like is something that you offer your clients that's very specific to what you do and what you offer in your coaching? Jacqueline, do you want to go ahead? Go for it. Go for it and then I'll answer after. Okay. That's interesting. It's kind of what Eric was talking. I thought there's a lot of similarities there. I would say you say I'm, I'm more direct, but yeah, I say I focus more on the process is what really makes us stand apart, right? So I have a process in my program, Life in the Driver's Seat. I call it the drive method, but to keep it simple, I work on what people are thinking first because there's so much power in just being aware of what's currently, how your brain works. So I look at a little more logically, right? Like if we're thinking certain thoughts, right? Our brain's just offering that to us because it's trying to keep us safe. And then those thoughts make us feel a certain way. And when we feel a certain way, kind of like Eric was saying, it kind of creates our beliefs and our identity and how we show up and how we move through the world and in any category and in any result we want to create. So it's really about being aware of those thoughts. What is our brain offering us? Can we question those? Can we be intentional with what we're thinking? Because if we can do that, then we can really dictate how we feel and the actions that we take. I also think a big component of that is being intentional with prioritizing. I know when on our episode, we talked a lot about boundaries, being intentional with our time and the things that we're letting into our life is kind of like the third component. And then lastly is being intentional. I call it grow, but being intentional with envisioning what we want and being intentional with what we want in our life. I think a lot of people kind of drift through life. I call it in the passenger seat. They're just not being intentional with what they want to create. Maybe it's because they don't believe it's possible for them or it's just not on the radar. But yeah, growing, being intentional with what we want in every category of our life and then learning the tools to go out and actually make that a reality. It's kind of, I say, I help people get from where they are right now to where they want to be, really. Keep it simple. So a lot of thoughts, beliefs, knowing what you want, and then really moving yourself into the driver's seat is kind of some of the focuses you have. Yeah, because I think most people, they focus on the action, right? They focus on the result that they want and the action taking. And they're like, why am I doing all of these things, right? And I'm not getting my result, but they're not doing the important work that comes first, which is who am I when I'm showing up to take that action? That's going to get me a completely different result. It's not just the action. It's who I'm being when I go out to take that action to create that result that makes all the difference. So it's doing that front end work, then working on the result, the action and the result. Got it. That's very helpful. What about you, Lynn? Because you're the body acceptance kind of lens is kind of your focus with your coaching. So tell us more about that and that how that integrates. Uh, what Jacqueline and, and Eric were talking about, like I resonate so much with that because so much of what we do, you know, like the thoughts and actions and that's all tied in together but the intention behind it. So what I do, I use the intuitive eating framework a lot in the work that I do with my clients. And what does that mean? So a lot of my clients come to me and they have had a lot of experiences with diets. They have this desire to lose weight because, you know, ultimately they want to be happy and healthy. But the thing is, is like diets are not scientifically shown or there are lots of studies that have like have supported the fact that diets don't work. So about 95% of diets don't work. They are not sustainable. So we basically put ourselves through this agony of trying to lose weight and for what? So that we can plateau, so that we can regain the weight back, so that we can beat ourselves up, right? So what I do with my clients is we try to figure out what they actually want. So I kind of like, you know, peel back the onion layers of like, okay, so why do you want to lose weight? 
you know, what is the underlying reason for that? And then we start actually, you know, identifying like the habits that we can build to actually achieve their goals. So if they want to be happy, what are the things that we can do, you know, to start creating more happiness, right? If you want to be healthy, what are the habits that you can build to actually get you to that healthiness? Because at the end of the day, when you lose weight, like that isn't going to be the end of it, right? We're going to have to maintain the weight loss. We're going to still have to deal with all of the stuff that's inside, right? Like when you're actually trying to lose weight, you're not necessarily working on being happier and healthier. You're just focused on this external thing, this like goalpost. And then what? Like what comes after that? So many people that I talk to, they are still unhappy. They're still dissatisfied. They still think that they're not worthy. They still think that they're unlovable. There are a lot of industries in our society that are kind of perpetuating this idea that if you are thin, you're going to have everything that you want. And then that's, that's just absolute BS. Yes. So you work a lot with them trying to figure out how to navigate those pieces then. Yeah. But, and also to like ultimately realize that like, this is your body, this is your vessel, this is your home for your entire life. Why are we spending so much time and energy trying to change it? Right. If there's something that you actually want, you don't need to change this in order to get whatever your goal is. Yes. So really focusing on that piece. Yeah. Yes. That's very helpful. And so as you guys have people come to you and find you, like what do you think is the driving factor that helps people find you and connect to you to be able to work with you? I like to think that it's in part the way that I show up in workshops with music, just you know, any type of live thing, podcast. I believe that the energy from which I speak and from the quality of what I'm saying, I believe that there is a resonance with some people and that resonance that they feel wakes up something inside of them that helped them realize, I want assistance with this. Though there's an easier way to go about this. Maybe I haven't been truly honoring myself. And this seems like someone that understands a way to facilitate this movement forward? What's this path of least resistance that he speaks of? I hear it in his voice. I want to know more. I like that. That definitely makes sense. What about for you guys, Jacqueline and Lynn, what do you feel like is the, what resonates and what connects with your clients? Yeah, I feel like it's definitely people's energy that attract you to them, right? And it's different for everyone, right? Like I always say, I'm not for everyone and I'm completely fine with that. My people find me, right? You know, I do a lot of things online. I do in-person workshops, online workshops. And I think you can just get a feel, right? Like, that's my person. I like her vibe. I like how she speaks. It's a different, right? We all have different styles of teaching. Like, you called me direct. Yeah, and pretty, I don't waste time. Yeah. No, I appreciate that about you. I love that about you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm pretty direct. I do free one-hour consultations, which I think are very moving, and give people a very good, I just show up as I would. I, I don't treat them like a a prospect, I teach them, I treat them like I'm coaching them, you know, and it gives them a pretty good idea of what our coaching sessions will look like. And yeah, I don't hold anything back. So I think that's how you know. Yeah. The style that resonates with you to feel like it's going to help you move from point A to point B and what's going to really speak to you. Yep. Yeah. So for Lynn, what for you is kind of how you feel people resonate and connect with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, coaching is all about relationships, right? And so it's, 
who resonates with me. Like Jacqueline said, like not everyone is going to love what I say, especially because, you know, I talk about like, you know, diet culture and how it's so bad for you. So a lot of people are so attached to that idea that diets are going to be the answer. So not everyone's going to love what I say. So it's absolutely true that, you know, people who do believe in my messaging and who do resonate with the way I speak to them and like possibilities that I present to them, that's super important. Yeah. Ready to look at things differently, ready to do things differently. That's Mm -hmm. fabulous. So, Will, I would love for you to like jump in with some of this thinking too around with your clients and with, as a psychotherapist, a lot of them, do they come to you through referral then? Are you able to kind of connect with folks in other ways or tell us a little bit about that? Well, it comes a variety of ways. I mean, I do some teaching, so I instruct, I do workshops and certainly just networked through my community and working with folks for the years I have. So, I mean, as far as what draws people in, it's not too dissimilar to what other people are mentioning, right? Like I have a certain style and a certain presentation and we know that success in any sort of coaching or therapeutic relationship is the relationship. That is the foundation for, I think, anything to transpire. So, and are you also asking kind of like what distinguishes me? Yeah, I would love for you to share on that. That'd be great. Sure. So, because I kind of market myself and kind of put myself out there as a trauma-informed therapist, I specialize in complex PTSD, simple PTSD, developmental trauma, you name it. That's sort of my area. And so the areas I'm trained in are specific modalities around that. There's all those letters you mentioned, IFS, which I spoke about, but there's others that I do. So folks who are grappling with developmental trauma or PTSD, that certainly is a thing that people come to me for. And my referral networks know me for that. So that is my ideal client, certainly folks within the LGBTQIA plus community as well. That's an area of specialty that I've my entire career, I've worked at a health center that way and the practices I've been involved with kind of market ourselves as sort of reaching that community. So those are sort of my ideal sort of communities I work in. And as far as was my, what distinguishes me, I guess, for myself is, I mean, I try to make myself as transparent as possible. So I orient from like a feminist theory as a therapist, like there is a power differential that is undeniable. But what I try to do to sort of level that or to bring it down is like, this is a collaborative relationship. At any point, any time, we are constantly evaluating what our work is together and what's working, what's not. And so your feedback is essential. It's important. So I invite my clients constructive criticism at all points throughout the process. I also like if at any point you're wondering why I'm asking a question, ask me like Miss Therapy should never, ever be a mystery. You should not be like, where are we going? What's happening here? There's always a goal in mind and a direction. And I marketed my materials that way. I give people a chance to, you know, I do a free consultation on the phone where I'm like, I want you to vet me. And if people don't always know how to vet me, I'm like, these are the questions you could ask me. Like, ask me this, because I want to empower clients to like be good consumers of healthcare. I want you to ask me the questions. What is your training? What is your experience? How have you worked with these kinds of communities before? What's your ongoing supervision? These are all things that are very fair game. So I try to like market myself as accessible as like, I want you to feel like a fully informed participant in this process. I love that. Next episode, I think we're going to talk more about the questions. So I love that you already have some lined up. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, and just sort of like speaking to a little bit of what other folks have mentioned, I mean, as far as what orients me as a therapist, you know, because I work in trauma and trauma is not fully located in the frontal lobes or the prefrontal cortex. We're dealing with the limbic portion of the brain. We're dealing with somatic stuff. So the stuff that other folks have brought up around being in touch with the somatic experience of something that certainly is going to be very, very true when you're dealing with any kind of trauma response is a physiological component. So we're dealing with physiology. We're dealing with somatic responses. We're dealing with thoughts and emotions associated with that. And certainly like traumatic 
intrusive memories and things like that as well. So the work I do and the therapies I do, and I don't know if that's helpful to even talk about which ones I do, but we're going to talk about that the next episode more about that. So I think this is a great place for us to actually transition to talking more about the uniqueness of how with therapists, I mentioned that a little bit in the last episode that we have different training, different degrees, different licenses that goes with therapists. It doesn't always tell you what they specialize in, but often the training, they can feel like alphabet soup. I gave my example of an RPTS, a registered play therapy supervisor, and you have way more designations. We're going to talk about more in the next episode. And so I'd love for us to transition to talking about the coaches and the different designations with coaching to do that, since we talked a lot about that in the last episode with therapists. Can you guys talk a little bit about the different coaching? And each of you has a different designation of coach that goes with the coaching title. So can we talk a little bit about those coaching titles? And then we'll get more into the next episode about some of the stuff with therapy so that folks can understand when they read these things or see these things, what that means. So we'll start like with you, Lynn, with your designation as a body image coach and then intuitive eating coach is something you've also done. Like, can you talk us more about like that designation and how you arrived at that designation? If there's a lot of people that call themselves that or what that means and kind of the uniqueness of that. My background is in psychology. So I did my undergrad in psychology and then for like a number of years, I went into like finance slash corporate but then I found my way back. So I have an accreditation as a transformational life coach. And so that was like from three years ago. And then I got my certification as an intuitive eating counselor. So these are the areas that I have the accreditation in. And where body acceptance comes in is just basically, to be honest, it's marketing right? Like to be honest, like any coach that calls himself X, Y, Z, it's marketing. For me, I chose body acceptance because it was very like, you can't really be confused by what I'm trying to say when I say body acceptance, right? When I was saying that I was an intuitive eating coach, people were interested. They thought they knew based on the information, you know, that they like had seen on TikTok, you know, Instagram and stuff like that but they didn't really know. And so I think it caused a little bit of confusion. And so I just picked a title that was very specific and direct about what I do so that people wouldn't be confused. Yeah. So clarity for people that were looking for support, that they knew what you did, which is the kind of fun thing about coaching is that those different designations are really for clarity for people looking for support to know what you do. And that kind of helps for that clarity, which is kind of the the letters and stuff for therapists too, is to help with that clarity. So Jacqueline, for you, you say certified life coach is what you use, correct? Yeah. It's so funny too, because I'm in other programs with coaches and I see people spin and like what they're going to call themselves. And it's like this big decision. And I'm like, I'm a life coach. (laughs) I think, I really think this is like a 10 second decision. I think you make the decision and it doesn't matter what I call myself. It's how I show up and what I believe about myself doesn't matter what I call myself if people know I can help them. That's how I talk to them. It doesn't matter what label I put on it because I can call myself whatever. And if I don't believe in my ability to help people and they don't sense that from me, it does not matter what my name is. So I literally tell people, I'm like, we can make this decision in 10 seconds. You know me, I talked to you. I'm like, let's make this. It does not take a long time to make a decision. It literally takes seconds. And then it's everything else. I'm free to just put my beliefs and my thoughts and my how I show up, my confidence into that. 
I literally think a label is nothing. I want, I once heard someone talk about it, like thinking about what you call yourself, your title as like a shade of lipstick. It might initially attract people to you, but they're still going to have to go on the date and get to know you and see if it's going to click. So it really doesn't matter what shade of lipstick you put on. So that's my take on that. <laughs> I say life coach and take it or leave it and see what I'm about. Yeah. <laughs> no, that totally works. And that's a descriptor that totally works for you. So for different people, different shades of lipstick. I gotcha. I gotcha. And so for Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit more about, cause you do holistic life coach and then you also put in your music cause your music is very important to who you are and how you present yourself. Correct. Yes. I'm, I'm a little bit of everything all of the time, so to speak, but my certification, my most recent certification is called the mastery method. And just to quickly explain what that is, it's it's this idea of everyone having to move through three stages in order to create some kind of change. And those three stages are simply awareness, acceptance, and aligned action. And those three stages occur on the several levels of our being. There is our mind, there is our emotions, the somatic or the visceral experience, like everyone has mentioned, um, the behaviors and the unconscious. And I explain that to people, but I found it easier to call myself a holistic life coach because I look at the whole human being, mind, body and spirit and a lot of, especially creatively, and you know, this is from my own experience and from working with people, when we're looking to create some kind of change or we're looking to hit a new level of creativity and, and action in our life, but action that is aligned with who we want to be, it's so important for us to be able to take care of our physical vessel. I need so much rest. I need so much self-care. I need so much time meditating, breathing, eating well, taking myself on little trips, you know, really nurturing my physical body too, whether I'm like laying on an acupressure mat or getting massage. And it sounds like a lot of self-pampering, but what I've discovered is that the better I could take care of all aspects of my physical being and my mind and, and my spiritual self, my essence the easier it is for my true self to shine through, for my voice to come through most clearly, for my songs to come through me most clearly, and for my next steps to be most clear. So yes, while we look at the beliefs and the emotions and the actions, a lot of people are in need of just taking better care of themselves, whether that's setting a boundary, but it's really the entire picture. And that's why I've stuck with holistic life coach, hoping that people see holistic and believe like, okay, this guy's going to look at the whole picture and he's not going to just hyper focus on one area. Yes. And so for all of you three that we have with us today, you've all gone through certification and Lynn, you called it something other than certification. Accreditation is what you called it, right? So accreditation, certification, you've all had various training to get to where you are. And there's there's like the life coach school. There's this mastery method that, that you've gone through, Eric. So there's a lot of different ways that coaches can get training, but you don't necessarily have to have training to call yourself a coach. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So that's something that we can talk more about on our next episode about how to maybe ask those questions to understand the background. And like you said, Lynn, like you've had training in psychology and undergrad. And I think Jacqueline, you mentioned to me before that you've had training in an undergrad that you went to school, you were interested. Yeah. Yeah. You've been interested in this in the past too. So you guys have had some 
education and background and done different things that have led you to this, plus gone through certifications and trainings and had some different work with that. Do any of you have coaches yourself or people that you kind of go to and work with? I'm having nods. You guys can't see the nods, but they're all nodding that they all have coaches. I always have a coach. I think it's the best investment. Like I will never be without a coach. I don't care what has to go. That will always be in my life. There's nothing nothing more important than your mental well-being like nothing isn't as important yes, as that for coaches. Sure. and will what would you have to support yourself will do you want to share what you have as well sure i'm a firm believer that anyone in a helping profession needs their own helper <laughs> i don't care what part of the helping profession you are and so yes i have my own therapist absolutely and i continue to do that work and all the therapy that i do i've had done to me so i've on both sides. And I firmly believe that's so essential in that process. In fact, some people may find this controversial, but I think a wonderful question for a potential client to ask is, do you do your own therapeutic work? I think it's a fair question. And I think that this is my personal belief. If anyone balks or gets really defensive, I'm like, mm, that's a yellow warning flag. That's you a know, like, that's I a do think that that's an important thing to vet in your helper. So Yes. I've wondered about that question myself, just because again, you've heard my last episode, you heard me that I can't find helpers, but I am in the process of finally found a coach that I'm going to be working with. But it's been one of those things that like trying to find a helper is is a challenge at times, but I've always been looking for one. So even if I haven't always had one, I've been looking for one and never shied away from having that, even if I always haven't had it. So I think that having somebody who's not afraid to have that and doesn't want to have that, even if they can't have access to it, I think is a quality and their awareness of the importance and the value of that, even if they can't currently access it easily. True. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's a really good quality. And so I think at one time I was like, but I don't have a helper and I'm a good helper, but I always wanted a helper. (laughs) That's such solid advice to say to ask because it's, if I am truly having, like bringing so much value to my clients, how would I not go and get that for myself? Like I give so much value to my clients and I see the things that they're doing and creating. How could I do that? If I'm really delivering that, how could I not be, I'm 100% getting back for me, right? So it's like, if I'm bringing the value, I'm totally going to be doing this. I think that's such a great question because if you're asking and they're like, no, it's like, well, you don't really believe in your value then and what you're delivering to your clients if you're not willing to go get that for yourself. And to piggyback off what you were saying, Shauna, like just holding the awareness, the value of it. So even if you're not actively in a helper, like I've taken breaks from therapy at points. I've not always, always, but I've typically mostly been. But I think it's still important that you have the orientation of awareness of the value of it. So even if you aren't and you're looking, you're like, that is an important thing to be aware of as a helper and an important like priority as a helper to get your own help. Because any of us in this profession, I do believe, is driven to it from our own unfinished business. And we got to work on our own unfinished business as well as we help others. Yep. Helpers need helpers. That's kind of how that stuff rolls. I like it. And I think that's a great place for us to kind of put a pin in all of this to continue for next week. So as we wrap up this week, I would love for Eric and Lynn were the ones that we did an introduction for this week. If you guys could give us a really quick snippet of something that you guys have done recently for self-care, a quick self-maintenance, because we're that's the reframe, right? We're reframing 
it's self-maintenance. You Because I love that Eric's like, people think of this as pampering. It's not pampering. It's not self-care. It's self-maintenance. It's necessary to maintain and be who you are and be present. So Lynn, could you just give us something that you've done in the last week that has been to help maintain yourself so you can show up and be your authentic self, something that you've done in the last week? In the last week, what have I done? Gone to therapy. I mean, like to continue this, this conversation, right? Like gone to therapy and I made a, an appointment with my supervisor to try to like kind of keep myself constantly improving and having that conversation around how I can be better. Um, and then basically being able to like unpack all of the things that come up for me, right? Because I'm still human and things come up for me during sessions with my clients as well. So it's really important to be able to have an outlet to talk about these things. That's awesome. I love that. That's very on point with the conversation too. <laughs> what about you, Eric? What have you done the last week that has been self-maintenance to keep you going and on the right track? So over the last month, really, I've up-leveled my grounding game. And there's a lot of different ways that you could ground, but what that has looked like for me is spending more time in the grass, in my bare feet, listening to the birds, feeling the wind on my skin, really getting in my body, whether I may or may not be exercising, but really spending that time just being one with my backyard, as crazy as that might sound. And it's been so nourishing uh, on many, many levels, but that rootedness is so necessary to expand in that vertical direction, just like the tree. We need to have a solid foundation. And I brought a lot more attention to that recently. That's awesome. That's great. So I'm going to sum up our grit wit really quick then. So for our grit wit, we're going to actually look at that element of you guys starting to really consider if you do have the inkling, if you or some of your family has the inkling about looking for a coach, looking for a therapist, that you start considering what that resonance is that these folks have been talking about, like what would resonate for you? Like what qualities would resonate for you in a helper or have resonated from a helper that you've had? And so as you go into this next episode, as you start looking at the questions and the things we're going to talk about for you to kind of know the qualities that have resonated with helpers, for you to start thinking about that and mentally noting what qualities would resonate with you so that as we go into our questions in the next episode, you guys will be ready to see what questions resonate and you can make note of those. So that will be a great wit. And I'm excited. You guys get to hear from all these folks again. So tune in next week to episode 56 so that you can hear more. Thank you guys all so much for being here today. I appreciate you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to jump on over to Instagram and follow us at the.grit.show. And if you aren't already following Authentic Connections Podcast Network at 37 by 27, you should definitely be doing that as well. Don't forget. You are the only one of you that this world has got. And that means something. I'll be here next Tuesday. I hope you are too.